On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk about roster cutdown day and the release of Cam Newton. We're going to talk a little bit of college football, big deal, no thing, and your emails, all of that, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. It's your man, Big Cliff. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. As always, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts. You can make sure to hit up the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net or hit us up on the Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk or on the Facebook page, also at Carolina Sports Talk. As always, I am excited to be back with you guys. I got my guy with me in the not in the building. He's virtually out here in the building with your boy, DJ High Star. Holla at your people, bro. It's good. It's good. Everybody, I hope everybody is well, all is well out there in virtual land. Yes, sir. Listen, I'm really back, ready to get back in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Me and you together, but it, it, it's coming. It's coming. But in the meantime, in between oh. time, you know what I mean? We got another special guest. I figured with everything going on across the league today with the big news up and down the league, it's it's only fitting to have the lady, the queen, the royalty right. herself. You know what I mean? Patriot Patty, holla at you people, baby. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. What's up, everybody? Welcome back, ma'am. Hey, Cliff. You're- hey, Cliff. We actually this week are out here virtually in front of a live studio audience, if you will. So you just, yeah, you just picked up a new listener out from straight from Baltimore. Hey, shout out they to the DMV. We out they here. Right, by way of Newark, and that's a fellow, it's a Giants fan out here. Look, everybody so, can't be perfect. Gonna- we not. <laughs> but listen, for, for those of you who uh, checked out the earlier th- episode this week, uh, the fantasy football draft uh, that we had this past Sunday was dope. It was live. Uh, Patriot Patty didn't have her voice on there, but um, she was doing some nasty things with that roster. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, when we get down to the fantasy update. But I definitely do want to start out in the NFL where uh, if you had a TV on or your alerts set up or logged into Facebook at all today, you have seen that the New England the New England Patriots have released my guy Cam Newton. Before I just get any deeper into it, Patriot Patty, what are your initial thoughts? What was the first thing that crossed your mind when you heard the news earlier this morning? Well, we were just talking about this yesterday. So, you know, the first thing I did was text you and Rome. Because <laughs> honestly, it was a shocker. Um, I'm still shocked. Um, I'm, 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 I'm shocked. I'm, I'm speechless about it. Um, I, I will say, you know, Mac Jones was doing his little thing in, in preseason and all of that. Uh, but I, di- I just didn't see Cam being, being released. Um, I know he said don't feel sorry for him, but I do. I feel I feel bad. Um, I don't agree with my coach on on anything. But who am I? You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I guess the best man won to him, you know, but I'm I'm shocked. 
And so is the football world. I see all over Facebook and social media. Everybody hit my phone like, yo, this is crazy. And I agree. Wild. High Star, what was your initial reaction when you heard uh, the news that Cam Newton was being not just not only the starter, but completely being released from the New England Patriots? Right, man. Me and Patriot Patty was talking about it earlier. The thing is, again, it's not being uh, demoted to the second string. It's not even that you was put out there as trade value, but the statement that, that the organization is making by cutting you and actually like just straight cutting you or whatever like that is a big, it's a big move. So I, I immediately thought about the black Patriot fans out there. Mm-hmm. Out there. I mean, to be honest with you, like they're, a lot of them are stuck in a, in a weird position because the move itself, it looks like it has undertones of, you know, racism with it, perhaps, yes. um, mm-hmm. you know, we could start talking about the vaccine situation if we, if we can, but I think that the last situation that happened with him regarding COVID protocol and stuff, I think that that gave the Patriots as an organization kind of an easy out with, um, with being able to make that move that they did. Absolutely. And we talked about it, you and I, on a previous episode when it first came out. I didn't want to be the uh, conspiracy theory guy and say, yo, there's something to it. But it was very clearly something extra to it. You've got several guys in several offices whose job is exclusively to interpret the rules of the NFL as it relates to the clubs. When they allowed Cam to go out of the New England area for that treatment, I knew in that instance that there was something that somebody had either one dropped the ball or they were two setting him up for just exactly what happened. The five days that he was away from that team based on the COVID protocols uh, quarantine or the time that he had to be away as an unvaccinated player provided just enough fodder for them to see exactly who they had in Mac Jones and to really give him the leg up over Cam Newton in the starting quarterback battle. And so I knew from the beginning that they were going to do something. Now, knowing that the NFL is what it is, knowing that uh, Belichick has pretty much shown himself to be who he is over the last several years, I will give that knowing the level of respect that he had for Cam, I will give him the benefit of the doubt in assuming that his that Cam Newton's release was a decision that he allowed Cam to come up with. I have not seen it reported anywhere, but just again, with what I know of the situation, both with Cam being who he is, Belichick being who he is, I earnestly believe that he kept, called Cam and I said, hey, listen, we're going to go with the rookie at, at a starting quarterback. We appreciate what you've done last season. We're going to give you the option. Uh, you can stay on board and be the backup quarterback. And, and, and if that's something that you're willing to deal with, We'll have you. I'm like, it's likely that they said one of the stipulations is going to be that he had to have get, to get that vaccine. But they said, hey, if not, it's up to you. If you want to leave, we're going to release you. And Cam being who he is said, no, I'm not sitting behind a rookie. Let me get my papers to walk. Y'all, yeah. Y- y- so um, let's revisit that fill in the blank question that we had last week. If you were, if you remember it. Uh-huh. Go ahead. It was, do you remember it? Uh, I, I don't. If we, <laughs> it was like, it was like, it, it was like Cam Newton missing time for the New England Patriots is blank for or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Cam Newton you know, missing was, this week is blank for the Patriots. Do you remember what, what our answers were? Right. Um, my I think mine's had a had a optimistic um undertone, and yours was, but both of us had the same reason behind it. Right. But, I but said trouble. Yep. Okay. It, it's 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 amazing, man. Cause like they, those t- Patriots. Say again. You said trouble, meaning trouble for the Patriots when you answered that last week. I did, and 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 you see how much I want to say turmoil because at the end of the day, 
I, I honestly believe they give out the quarterback that they want. The guy who the New Englanders, including those in the coaching positions to, of power and the decision making, they've got the guy they want. They've got the the I hate to say it, the the Tom Brady mold type of player. And I understand the system quarterbacks make a difference. But when you have a specimen, pause, a, 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 a caliber player of Cam Newton, if he's healthy and given the tools that he has and was given this year, there's no doubt in my mind that it could be and could have been and would have been successful. A lot of people had their doubts, but I wasn't one of them. And this is coming from a Carolina Panthers fan who, when Cam was released, did not have any tears shed for him. I didn't have a problem with the Panthers letting go of Cam, but I also, because I knew who he was, but I knew at this point, I felt like he was going to be good. I told uh, Patriot Patty, as she mentioned in a discussion that we had just yesterday, that I said, if they give Cam two games, he's going to mess around. And, and if he plays like what I expected him to play, he wasn't going to relinquish that starting duty. And I think that is a, a sense that they really knew. And as such, wanting, wanting the rookie to be able to get some snaps and get some good starts, they went ahead and, and just kicked cam out from the beginning because otherwise had they given him two starts he'd have went in there and got his confidence back and cam newton was going to be 2015 cam newton again yeah so what what do you feel is next uh whether it's for cam have the patriots made a enemy for life with him where he's always going to have a reason to uh to perform or you know what i mean to stand out or whatever whenever he plays them and uh what does it mean for the rest of the league does the rest of the league have an asset that's out there that you know, teams could take advantage of. So I think it's going to be what happens next with regards to Cam Newton is going to heavily rely on one thing first. Is Cam Newton willing to be a starting, a backup quarterback? Or is he holding tight and steady to the idea of being a starter? So if he decides that he wants to be a starting quarterback, there are three possible landing places that are going to be the best thing places for him. And I'll drop them. Y'all give me what y'all opinions are about him, and then I'll tell you why. Number one, the Washington Reds, excuse me, the Washington football team. Number two, the Houston Texans. And the third landing spot, if Cam Newton wants to be a starting quarterback in the 2022 season, well, 2021-2022 season, the Miami Dolphins. Thoughts? Washington makes the most sense to me, of course, with his relationship with Rivera. Um, and then Houston, of course, because they're fig they're trying to figure out something publicly to do with Deshaun Watson, you know, that would that would make sense secondly for me. I personally would like to see him in Washington and see him going up against the Giants and the Cowboys mm -hmm. and the Giants again. <laughs> <laughs> Message. <laughs> Patriot Patty, what do you think about those three places? Of those three, where would you like to see Cam Newton? Well, like like DJ Highstar said, I would definitely agree with Washington, of course, reuniting with his old coach. Um, but just speaking on the um Rom again when he I mean, when you said um the Dolphins, I also heard rumors about Wash uh Watson and going to the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. I heard some rumors about that too. So that'd be interesting or whatnot. But yeah, um, definitely agree with the, the uh, Washington football team. Sorry, I was about to say red team. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it just rolls off your tongue. You've been saying it all your life. But <laughs> here's the thing, and here's why I first say Washington. Aside from the obvious uh, connections with Ron Rivera, because at the end of the day, Cam was a free agent last year when there was some uncertainty around the quarterback position with the Washington team, and Rivera didn't pick him up then. So that I don't know that that would be enough, 
But again, if we're looking for locations for Cam to be a starting quarterback this season, additional to that relationship with Riverboat Ron, he is an instant upgrade over who they have in their quarterback room now. I know that they've gone off in free agency and signed uh, the Fitzpatrick coming up from Miami this past year, and he's a consummate journeyman. He is an amazing backup and decent as a, as a starting quarterback. He's liable to make some stretches where he makes these amazing plays, and then he's going to go dud and, and give you 15 interceptions and six touchdowns as well. He is Cam Newton is instantly an upgrade over Fitzpatrick and even from some of the backups that they have there. So that gives them the opportunity to now go with Ryan Fitzpatrick for as long as it takes for Cam to reacclimate himself to that Ron Rivera style of offense and then now when he is better, they've now got a quality backup in Fitzpatrick that allows him to allows them the flexibility with that nasty defense that they have to instantly be contenders. For the very same reason, I think Houston would be a, a fit as for the mentions for the reasons that you mentioned, High Star. They've already got their situation with Deshaun Watson and they kept him on the roster. So that lets us know that they're certain, not certain at this point what they're going to do with him, but they really want to have that flexibility. So if they decide to trade him, now they've got Cam Newton in there to at least make their offense somewhat viable. Now, as Cam Newton, I'm probably not going to want to go to the Houston Texans because they're garbage. They're hot garbage at the end of the day right now. They are a train wreck, a dumpster fire, but if he is hung up on the idea of being a starting quarterback, that may be one of the only locations that would be able to be a fit for him. Lastly, with the Miami, I said Miami for the same reason, similarly, that you said, um, uh, Patriot Patty, but there's multiple levels to it. Yes, if, in fact, they do, the Dolphins are able to pull off the trade for Deshaun Watson, they're likely going to have to send Tua Tungavailoa to Houston. But because of the legal troubles that are going on with um, Watson, he's not going to be available to play right away and likely not at all this season, which would then leave them in, that, in need of a serviceable quarterback for this year. In comes Cam Newton to be able to sign a one-year deal to be a stopgap until they can have Deshaun Watson. And with the systems that, that would be necessary to run for the both of the quarterbacks, it's not going to be that much of a difference. So even if they do not, if they do trade for, uh, for Watson, they've now got a quarterback that can come in and play now and be able to be useful. Even if they don't, Cam Newton is honestly an upgrade over Tua Tungavailoa. He is too inconsistent. He has not shown himself in his one full, or not one full season, but in his one year at the helm to be a reliable quarterback. So that is a great place for him to be either way with either one of the trades. And so all of those reasons are why I have put on my Sportsdramas hat and say that those are the, the top three locations for Cam Newton. Now, as a, as a starting quarterback, correct. Now, are there any other locations that either one of y'all would like to see him or have thought about maybe him coming to uh, as if he wanted to be able to be a starter? Um, Chicago just kind of stands out to me for whatever reason. But outside of that, no, I, I can't think of no situations or scenarios where, again, we're talking about starting quarterbacks because a lot of the organizations, teams around the league have set up their situations already. Exactly. Starting, uh, honestly. Yeah. And see, the only reason I, I thought about Chicago, too, and had they not just drafted uh, Fields out of Ohio State, that might have been a lot stronger of an option. Um, but with, with the Red Rifle out there already securing their starting position and then Fields coming up and really nipping at his heels, I think the last thing that the Chicago Bears want to do is add another quarterback into that mix. 
So when considering the three locations that would be ideal if Cam Newton were to say, hey, you know what? I've, if, if he would adopt somewhat of the, uh, I heard one panelist uh, or analyst and uh, pundit say, if he wanted to take the, um, I start to say Kawhi, the um, Carmelo approach and say, hey, you know what? I've had my time as the, as the main guy, the leader. I'm going to go and be a backup and be a contributor to a team. Then there are three separate destinations that I feel would be ideal. Now, these are a little bit more speculative simply because we, we don't know the needs and who wants to do what in some circumstances. But here are the three landing locations. Y'all tell me what you think, and then we'll go a little bit deeper into it. The first location, if Cam Newton wants to be a backup quarterback, the Dallas Cowboys. The next location, the Kansas City Chiefs. And the final destination, if Cam Newton, and the best fit for Cam Newton to be a backup quarterback, the Atlanta Falcons. Thoughts? I like I like the Falcons. Um, I just told them kind of before you uh before you intro that that one of the teams you're gonna say was gonna be Dallas. Uh again, just because of the style quarterback wise we have playmakers and and then the line that he has or that he would have it would be dynamic from from cam newton's camp to be able to get that opportunity but um atlanta's interesting atlanta's interesting it'll be like a dwight howard type of move go back home or whatnot and and try to see what you could do got the comfort comfortability of being in the a so that could be mm-hmm. a pro or a con but uh, I, I definitely see that in Kansas City. I I like that. I, I, that's more or less if if you're chasing legacy, and uh, I know we'll talk about Rondo a little bit later, and you know how some of these uh, Russells of the world, the Carmelos, are chasing legacy and want to clearly get that ring. You know, Kansas City wouldn't be a bad spot. But you'd be at, like you say, you have to be content with holding the snap, um, Clip like extra points and field. <laughs> Patriot Patty, of those three locations, where would you like to see Cam Newton uh, rest or end up? Out of those three locations, I would say Dallas. Uh, you shocked me with the whole Kansas City thing. Um, I, I mean, I guess maybe like Rome said, the legacy type, but I, I don't, I don't know about uh, Kansas City. And then as far as Atlanta, um, that'd be interesting. But out of all of them, I would definitely uh, say uh, backing up on Dallas Rock. The Kansas City one, let's start there since that one seems to have the most shock value for you guys. Uh, for those who may not know across listening land, the Chad Henney is the current uh, backup quarterback for the Kansas City, uh, what are they, the Chiefs. Um, and so, <laughs> pause. Ch- Chad Henney is decent, but at the end of the day, again, he's not Cam Newton. And for you to have that level and high level of uh, expectations, they have, at this point, I'm going to say, the best offensive line in football with the upcoming year. With their attention to looking to run to run the ball, primarily because uh, defenses are expecting them to be as pass as heavy as they have been. They're literally leaving four and five guys in the box, leaving it open, wide open to be ran. And that's one of the reasons that even in the fantasy that I drafted uh, Edward Jolaire, knowing that that will be a primary focus of that team this year. Let's what's happen. What's to say, or who's to say, what happens in week seven if Mahomes, God forbid, has some type of injury? Now, what becomes of the Kansas City Chiefs with Chad Henney 
at the quarterback position. Now, we know in the playoffs when there, uh, Henny had some limited exposure and some playoff time, he, he wasn't terrible, but at the end of the day, he wasn't Patrick Mahomes, and he certainly wouldn't be Cam Newton either. If Cam is definitely interested in competing for a Super Bowl championship and just wants to be a part of a winning culture, it seems like to me if he wants to automatically just relegate to that backup role, that role in that instance in that franchise with those weapons and that defense – Seems like a good fit. Uh, Hi, Star, you mentioned Atlanta with his roots there. I personally think it would be a terrible idea for him to go there. Um, You know what I'm saying? So bad that people are calling in in the middle of the show trying to block the idea. That's how bad of an idea that it is for him to go there. But um, because I I was at the the, in 2015, we're 13-0 at this point. Um, Cam went to Atlanta, was celebrating the birth of his child the night before and laid a stinker and gave us our first and only loss of the 2015 season. There is too much of a distraction in Atlanta for that fella. But again, on the field, it does make sense. You've got an established quarterback similar to Kansas City, an established number one where there won't be any issues of a competition, but he would be a serviceable and upgrade from the current situation at the uh, second layer of quarterbacks. And then again in Dallas, it is what is it? It's just been documented. We saw what happened to their season last year when Dak went out. They actually re- released two of the quarterbacks that they had on their roster this year that allowed really nobody behind Dak Prescott. So they're putting a whole lot of eggs in the Dak basket. And with the NFC being what it is, no offense to my Giants fan, but with what it is that this year, it's anybody's division to win. And with a a quality Dak Prescott playing good quarterbacking, and then you got Cam Newton at the background and the second spot. Yeah, I don't know that it it could be a a failure there in Dallas with him in the backup. That's what's up. So best of luck to Cam regardless. You know, Cam... Cam is like, uh, especially since he won that MVP, you know, joining the MVP ranks is always like a joining the fraternity, but he's got support from the players. Like he's one of the favorite players mm-hmm. and leaders. And also he's got support from his fans and, and his, you know, Patreon of fans, if you will. Absolutely. So like you said, we definitely wish Cam the best of luck wherever he lands. Sports Dramas has made his uh, recommendations. If you disagree with anything that I said or Patrick Patty or High Star may have said, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net, so we can hear your thoughts and your opinions. Tell us how right we are, how wrong we are. You know what I'm saying? Just let us know you're listening and holler back at us. Uh, as we continue to talk about a little bit about the roster cutdown day, were there any moves or surprise releases that kind of stuck out to the rest of you guys or maybe any trades that have happened over the last uh, 24 hours as the rosters were cut down to their 53? Well, yeah, for the most part, I, I think I'll speak for me and Patriot Patty. I was talking to her about this the other day, um, how Steve Smith was talking so much trash about Joey Sly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, and the whole the kicking yeah. situation, and I mean, they they discussed it a little bit on the fantasy episode, I believe, um, when we were we were in the fantasy war room. But yeah, Steve Smith was really going at Joey Sly that night on uh, on Friday night going on the hard. broadcast, going and hard. Um, like like almost like he had some information, you know what I'm saying? And of course, he I think Joey Sly went on to miss maybe a, a field goal or something like that, mm-hmm. but. Next 49ers. thing you know, he was chopped up free agency. <laughs> I think the writings writing was on the wall with that one. The Panthers, it, it was no, uh, they made no mistakes about it that he had been suffering throughout camp, uh, and even leading up to the week of the final preseason game, they had brought in a free agent kicker who 
kind of was a little lackluster in his performance when he came into camp. They brought him in uh, just a week ago, actually, to try to push Joey Sly for that competition. He did not compete. And so they made the trade with the New York Giants to bring in the, the, the latest guy who came in and doinked one off the, off the upright and in after 49 yards. Sly got a chance to come in. He did make his extra point, but then missed his only field goal attempt of the evening. The other guy came in and actually scored his next two points. So, it yeah, the right. I don't know that it was the insider information as much as it was. You got a struggling kicker who is making close to four million dollars per year, uh, and and you've got some other guys out here who are willing to be just as struggling. If if at the worst case scenario, best case scenario, they're better and much cheaper. Yeah, that just seemed like a an, an automatic. Now, if we're going to stick with the Panthers, one of the releases that did shock me was the release of our former third-round pick quarterback, Will Greer. Uh, and as such, it looks like the Panthers are all set this upcoming season to move forward with just two quarterbacks, with the starter being Sam Darnold and then P.J. Walker, the former XFL MVP. You like Walker? I'm familiar. Yeah, I honestly, I feel like he's going to be a good backup. Now, there have been some in, uh, and I hate to go back to the cam talks, who have, have saying the dark horse for him to, to come back to Carolina. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about that, bro. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a new look for the Panthers altogether. Uh, shout out to Grid, though. I like Greer. I like him. Yeah, so hopefully he'll get on. Who knows? He maybe end up uh, signed back as a member of the practice squad. But he, along with several other Panthers, were uh, shown the door. Instead, including one who I was really, really kind of rooting for. I knew he was an undersized linebacker coming out of college, but Christian Miller, former linebacker from the University of Alabama, Columbia's own. Actually, he's from Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, I really had high hopes for the guy, being able to come back to his hometown team. Um, he, he had a nose for the ball. He just was undersized. And so they tried to move him up to the defensive end position. And with with the talent level that we have on the defense this year and the hard decisions that had to be made, he was just at the end of the totem pole with regards to the defensive end, especially considering that we just traded for another one. So, um, yeah, shout out to them boys. We hope they are able to uh, pick up on some other teams moving forward with the rest of the regular season. Before we move forward, I do want to give credit then, the credit's due, to the HBO show Hard Knocks. Okay. That really kind of show, yeah. they be showing how, like, that whole experience is where, where players find out the situation. It, it don't be pretty, you know what I'm saying? Because people got people got uh, people to feed and stomachs to fill up mm-hmm. with food and stuff. So it don't, it, don't be, it don't really be pretty, that side of Hard Knocks. You know, the cats be finding out. Listen, I remember one episode with, I want to say it was the Patriots when Chad Johnson was with them. Um, or no, it was when he went back to the Bengals and the Bengals were on there. And they brought him in and said, like, hey, Chad, we need you to come to the office. We need to talk to you. And he knew Hard Knocks was there. And because he didn't see the camera crew, he instantly starts, you could see his head looking around the office, looking to see where the camera was. And he saw it up on the top of the shelf. And so they brought him in. It was like, yeah, Chad, we're going to have to let you go. And he looks straight at the camera. It's like, it's all good. I'm gonna bounce back anyway. <laughs> like, bro was like, yo, I'm not, y'all not gonna get me on this camera crying. I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, hard knocks does it's it's real though. And like you said, people got job like, this these day job. Yeah, this entertainment for us, but they feeding their families and their kids and putting other people through college and like they got real big boy bills as a result. So it's it's interesting to see 
the humanizing side of the game of football as well. When I, when I got the text from Patriot Patty this morning, the first thing I thought about honestly was if Cam, Cam probably got a spot like, you know, Foxborough or somewhere in Massachusetts, but like that land, if he got an Atlanta spot still, if he got a Charlotte spot still, like, or if he got an LA spot, like, where is he about to, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Even decompress home. that to process this whole situation. Like, where is he going to even go to? Yeah. No, I know for certain he does have the Charlotte spot still. He's still incredibly active um, through the Cam Foundation uh, in the Charlotte area. So he still did his Santa Cam thing and, and uh, food for the uh, families during Thanksgiving and stuff. So he definitely still has his Charlotte spot. So uh, who knows? He may be dropping that Boston spot and picking up another one someplace else real soon as well. Uh, in addition to him, there are a couple of other notables uh, who will not be on the rosters this year. Malcolm Butler, you may remember him from the Super Bowl several years ago. Uh, he was the New England Patriots cornerback that sealed the win over the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he signed with the Cardinals this past year, but due to some personal issues, uh, they have placed him on the reserved retired list, effectively ending his career. So shout out to him. Um, additionally, we've got Michael Thomas starting off the season. Uh, on the PUP list with the New Orleans Saints. So that means he is going to miss the first six weeks of the season. Um, it, it's clear that that guy, they, I don't think they want him there, bro. Like, um, he was a very favorite target of Drew Brees, but with Drew out of town, um, Michael Thomas just doesn't seem like he's got a taste for the Saints. Pause, and they seem like they certainly don't have one for him as well. Yeah, and it seems like Jameis has a, a favorite target. His mm-hmm. man that he hit for two uh, touchdowns the other night. Yep, and 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 that's the thing. When receivers and quarterbacks start getting that 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 energy, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago about when Baker Mayfield was trying to push the ball to OBJ every time, every time, every time. And when um when he went down, when Beckham went down, then that's when all of a sudden now he has that freedom to spread the ball around and actually look for the open receiver. So um, when they've got that relationship and that rapport built, it's definitely, definitely something uh, that affects everybody else, including the other receivers on the team. Uh, Lastly, I do want to talk about David Bakhtiari, the offensive, the Packers offensive lineman also will start the season on the PUP physically unable to perform list. He is out at least the first six games. Now I think it's pretty widely accepted that this is, Aaron Rodgers' swan song in Green Bay. But one of the things that's quietly being overlooked is the movement on that offensive line. What has allowed the Packers to be in the NFC Championship the last two consecutive years has been that offensive line. It, it, it is definitely the play of Aaron Rodgers that with the, one of the strongest arms that the quarterbacks have, have seen in the league. Uh, but that offensive line has been a quiet strength of theirs with having their starting center to have uh, now be on another team and another guard and now their left tackle switching over to the right tackle position. 60% of that line is going to be brand new for at least the first six games. Uh, now, I'm not sure how everybody else is thinking about the, the Packers, but I think that's going to be a big deal and it's going to highly reflect on Aaron Rodgers' play for at the minimum the first six games of the season. So what do you guys think? Do you think it's uh, an issue? you think Aaron going to be able to throw through it or what are you expecting up there in Green Bay? I mean, I, I feel like all the obstacles are thrown at him right now um, with with the leverage that he's shown that he has, if that makes sense. Like, And whether it's you know intentional or not, it's just kind of 
it's poetic the way that all these obstacles and challenges are thrown in his way right now are set up for him to go ahead and make kind of the final pages of his legacy mm-hmm. um, against the adversity, in other words. So, like, let's say, you know, he gets the Packers to the postseason this year, he gets them to a conference championship or even a Super Bowl. These things that we're talking about are going to be, you know what I mean, are going to stand out with the narrative. Absolutely. Um, yes or no answer. Is Aaron Rodgers a Green Bay Packer next year? No. Patriot Patty? Nah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Well, as we move forward, we just want to talk about the, with college getting ready to start, there is a very unique situation brewing down in Columbia, South Carolina. As we mentioned, uh, I guess about a month ago, uh, the expected starter, Luke Doty, injured his left foot early in the preseason. Uh, and Coach Fred, Frank Bremer said that it was realistic to think that he can really get close to 100% before their week, uh, their September 11th game at East Carolina. But in the meantime, the former... Eastern Illinois, excuse me, the former uh, quarterback for the North Dakota State team who graduated and came to South Carolina as a graduate assistant who came down to be a coach has now been named the starter for week one versus versus Eastern Illinois. Uh, it, it is <laughs> I can't fathom this guy coming from across the country to say, hey, I'm coming to coach. Uh, I appreciate it all my time as a quarterback and da, 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 da. And then within a couple of weeks into the preseason, it's like, hey, so you know how you used to play quarterback? You reckon these pads still fit you? (laughs) And Zeb Nolan went in the span of three weeks from being a graduate coach to being the starting quarterback for a Power 5 football team, bro. Well, the thing is, right, like, it's, 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 a, it's a wild situation. When you first told me the situation, I thought that we were going over a segment of um, for Be Easy and shout out to DJ Blaze, but the DJ Blaze radio show. But those are the type of stories that he has on his show, bruh. <laughs> like where it starts out normal, but then it takes like a crazy twisted turn. And you'd be like, oh, this is what you asked me that question to start with. You know what I'm saying? He'd be like, like be easy shout out to be easy he'll be like so uh if you ever uh if if you ever went to south carolina state to to coach after you had graduated school uh would you consider getting back on the defensive line you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> and it's, 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 it's after he asked the question about some wendy williams stuff right but shout out to, shout out to be easy at dj blaze but that's that's what i first thought of when whenever you first told me the story bro <laughs> dog his story like his setups be good like you ever ate corn well, there's an Iowa man that died <laughs> from eating popcorn. <laughs> yeah, it's a great plug for them, by the way. Make sure that he pay you for that, bro. Invoice him. <laughs> for, the, for that plug, that in-show commercial? Yeah. Say less. Exactly. Yo, uh, DJ Blaze Radio Show Podcast is available on the Crux Media family of podcasts. Get it anywhere, as he would say, your podcasts are free 99, my dog. But no, like... It's wild to me, y'all. This dude graduated and was like, yo, I'm moving on with my life. I'm leaving my love behind, bro. Like, ain't no more football for me. That's all she wrote. And now he's the starting. Now, granted, I'm not going to drag this too hard because at the end of the day, no offense, but they play in Eastern Illinois. Okay. So it's not like 
They're playing Alabama or Georgia or Clemson, all of whom they have on the schedule this year. No, it's Eastern Illinois. So I get that component. But it's it's just, it's a cool story to me, and it's, it's definitely dope. So we will keep an eye on that to see what, what happens with them this weekend as the Fighting Gamecocks of the University of South Carolina take on Eastern Illinois with their graduate assistant coach as their starting quarterback. So we're going to move Bro, right I, on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Real quick, though. I think, and we could talk about this behind the scenes more, but we need to have some kind of drop or ad lib whenever we represent in the uh, Carolinas. Maybe I, I'll go over some drops as DJ High Star with you, but we got to represent, you know, maybe maybe a Petey Pablo cut or something like that where whenever we <laughs> This one for South Carolina! <laughs> you know what we got we you know what anytime we rocking for the home team because at the end of the day this is carolina sports talking again you're listening to us on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast make sure you hit us up on the carolina sports talk line cliff at carolina sports talk.net or hit us up on the instagram or the facebook at carolina sports talk you're sitting in with your man big cliff dj high star and patriot patty yeah bro we got to put on for the carolinas whether it be our players whether it be our team. So I, th- I think that drop is much necessary right now at this point. So we will move forward a little bit and talk about our fantasy football. In case you missed it, we dropped an episode on Monday, which gave you the behind the scenes uh, view or listen, if you want to be anatomically correct about it. It gave you a listen into the war room of the Carolina Sports Talk draft team. Um, we, we had a blast, man. I, I don't know about you guys, but I really did enjoy it. It was one of my favorite drafts um, in a long time that – that 30-second clock makes a big old huge difference. Bruh. <laughs> it like you th- you know how like when you had the gas pump and you got seven dollars in your uh in your account and you gotta get gas and food and you start making those uh life decisions. Yeah, it felt a whole lot like that to me, bro. <laughs> I will say this, Cliff, big Cliff. You you occupied a lot of your time. With commentary and banter while you was on the clock, <laughs> so there's a lot of times where you get here do the recording and stuff like, "Quick, make a pick." <laughs> Bro, I mean, it's it's my job to make sure that things move along, and and as I like. At some point, because in that moment, I was making the best decisions possible, as you mentioned, with trying to talk and, and, and edu- you know, be informative about what was going on for the view- for the listeners who weren't able to actually see the draft board that we had up. I wanted to be as detailed as possible, but after a while, I was like, yo, I'm making a whole bunch of picks, and I don't know what they mean in the scheme of things as far as for the fit of my team overall. Um, I had to go back and look. Say again? You didn't forecast. You didn't forecast that happening prior to hosting the hosting the war room special while drafting live. In a word, <laughs> no. <laughs> Remember, I told you about the challenge of me DJing my own birthday party. Factuals, factuals, yes, sir. It, it, it's very similar. It's very similar, bro. <laughs> well, you got to be attentive to the craft and the art that you're doing. But at the same time, no, you're doing a whole other job right here, too. That probably deserves a whole bunch of attention. But at the end of the day, I can't complain. Uh, it, it, for those of you who may have missed it, go back and listen to it. What you doing with your life? But we are in an ESPN PPR league. Uh, it's a two quarterback league. So the, the active starting rosters include two quarterbacks, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, a flex, a defensive special teams 
and a kicker. Additionally, we have a shortened bench with only five bench players, but we do have the two slots for the injury reserved individuals. Um, if I don't know if you guys got your uh, rosters up real quick, but I want to give a, just a recap of the rosters. I'll start off with mine. In my two starting quarterback positions for week one, I have quarterback Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. For the running backs, I did have the number one overall pick as well, so I drafted Christian McCaffrey. I've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire, as I mentioned, the running back from Kansas City. Wide receiver Stephon Diggs, Chris Godwin as my starter, Mark Andrews at my tight end position. In my flex, I've got Antonio Brown, the defensive special teams at the Washington football team, and Brandon McManus, the kicker for the Denver, Denver Broncos. So overall, luckily, I was highly favored to have, I guess, in making the best picks, also still filled out a pretty decent squad. Now, on my uh, bench, I do have the tight ends uh, from New England, Janu Smith, wide receiver Jamar Chase. Even though he's had the yips, I do feel like that young man will settle in and become the dynamic wide receiver that everybody expects him to be. I also have Mr. Faithful when it comes to fantasy, Devontae Parker, Curtis Samuel of the Washington football team, formerly Carolina Panther, and then the sleeper pick that I picked up, I want to say just before the end of the, of the draft, Trey Lance for the San Francisco 49ers. I feel like at the end of the season, that guy will be the starter, and he's going to put up some numbers. So overall, I'm excited about my team, man. Um, I bet you are. I bet you are. Now, the other thing about it that people brought up right prior to the draft, because, of course, you had the draft room open at 5 o'clock an hour prior to Somebody had found out last minute, and um, I forgot what you and I, you and I might have been on a FaceTime call or something, but the message came through, and it was like, yo, the manager, this, th oh, we were, we were recording Be Easy's podcast. Right. He <laughs> threw on my messenger and said, yo, how the commissioner got the first pick? No, this is rigged. <laughs> and I knew that it was gone, brother. I knew that as long as you got Christian McCaffrey, you were good. Here's the thing, Skip. Uh, <laughs> I only input the names. Uh, ESPN and the league format itself actually designated and designed uh, the draft order. So it was just, I guess, my, I mean, I, I lucked up. I did not set myself. I did not change myself. And in a mode of transparency, any of the moves that are made by the league commissioner are documented and displayed for every team in the league to be able to see. So as I've changed the roster sizes, um, I even put a poll up to see if folks wanted to change around um, and get one less IR and one extra bench. It, I put the poll in there for transparency because I, I had a couple of people who said something to me about it. So I'm going to put it in there. I mean, we, we you ain't got to worry about me cheating, y'all. Cheating, I'm going to beat y'all legit. Big Cliff, I've heard you say the same thing for spades. But nah, no, I'm on. cheating in spades, bro. <laughs> No, I'm cheating this page. I'm not even going to tell that lie. <laughs> if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying when it comes to cards. But that's not here nor there. Uh, as we take a look at the rosters, uh, DJ Highstar, do you have yours pulled up? Yes. All right, what it look like? Holla at the people. I mean, again, I, I'll, I'll just be very short. Give a synopsis of mine. I got strong quarterback situation with Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert um, with this two-quarterback league. The other thing that I looked for early um, was to go ahead and, and have a strong uh, tight end situation going on. So I got Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts also backing him up. Um, or in, And Kyle Pitts, of course, with the flex position being an option at flex. Um, my backup quarterback, Matt Ryan, was a late pick that I 
that are stole, I feel like, and mm-hmm. that was a good pick. Um, as far as for any time that I have a bent, I mean, a bye week for one of my quarterbacks. Um, I'm content with my running backs as well. Uh, I've got Jacobs from the Raiders and then Aaron Jones uh, from the Packers. Uh, the receiver's slide is probably where I was the weakest at. And that's uh, where I got Higgins uh, from Cincinnati and Claypool. But in a moment right now, transparency, excuse me, Patriot Patty is chefing up some of that uh, cam pack. So I will kind of run through her team as well. (laughs) 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 The big thing that stands out, she she scooped up Gusecki. I like Gusecki last year as tight end. She's got Ingram as a backup tight end on the bench as well. Robbie Anderson, she has scooped up. Uh, good receivers as well. Uh, Devontae Adams uh, and Thielen is her is her primary receivers right now with her lineup. She's got New England's defense and special teams. Teddy Teddy Bridgewater and Kyler Murray as her quarterbacks. And then Carson and Joe Mixon is kind of rounding out with her backfield as far as the running backs go. So it's a good, I think, again, with, with as many teams as we had in the league, is is spread out the talent is spread out and that you know it's gonna it's gonna prove for good matchups week in and week out definitely now i will say this as i look over the rosters both of you guys have um, some individuals on your on your benches that i fully expect to to really ball out this season brandon Ayuk, the san francisco wide receiver is going to quietly be one of the better wide receivers in fantasy this upcoming year. Um, so I, I think that's a steal to have gotten him. Um, I think it was the seventh overall round, if I'm not mistaken, that she got him. Um, because he, he, he he's a high-quality player that a lot of folks aren't really looking at. She got him in the eighth round. Um, but with I think even if Garoppolo is loses the starting job and is out by week three or week four, uh, him and Trey Lance showed some good uh, chemistry in practice, and I really feel like he has an opportunity to blow this year. Now, when I was looking at your uh, roster, the one pick that you didn't mention that's on your bench that um, I think is going to stand out for me this upcoming year is Mike Williams. I'm, I might have mentioned it on the draft special when we were in the war room. Mike has something to prove this year. Uh, coming out of Clemson, he was highly touted. He's not yet gone to the level that that many expected him to do. But with him having a sophomore quarterback now, who last year just ran away with the Offensive Rookie of the Year race, I really feel like Mike is in line to have a quality, quality year. So although he may look to start off slow, by the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised to see him as a top 25, top 30 wide receiver in fantasy. So... Overall, we are highly excited for the fantasy season. Um, and in, in talking with the just overall fantasy theme, I do want to go ahead and jump into the email of the day. So it is mail time. You've got mail. And we've got an email from a, uh, one of our listeners to say, Hey, fellas, love the show. I am looking forward to the upcoming season, listening to your show, and getting some good fantasy tips from you, too. <clears throat> That being said, I heard a lot of quarterbacks going early in your league, and I'm nervous. Should I shoot for a quarterback early? And if so, how early and who? Thanks. Can't wait to win. 
coming from my guy, Trey Jenkins. Trey, we appreciate the email. As such, you will be receiving a Carolina quarter. You will be receiving a Carolina Sports Talk prize pack. It's going to have a magnet, a little sticker in there for you, uh, as well as a couple other good treats. So we appreciate you emailing into the show. If you have any questions about fantasy or just, again, want to be a part of the show, make sure you hit us up, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. So, High Star, he's asking, uh, he he was listening into the quarterbacks going high because y'all started taking them early. Um, what would you recommend for him as far as when to take a quarterback in an average draft? Well, here's the thing as well, Skip. Uh, <laughs> whenever it's a situation like ours where it was a it's a quarter it's a league where we start two quarterbacks each week. Mm-hmm. So that was very very important in I think the draft process. So if you have a league where you draft in one quarterback is still safe to stay around round four to seven before you really pick up because outside of the, so you like with some of your drafters, you're going to have those quick trigger people, those hairline trigger people that's going to pull it because they see the name, a sexy name out there, pause. So, Oh man, ah, Patrick Mahomes is still available and it's the second round and they're going to snatch him up or whatever like that. So, when that starts happening or whatnot, again, you stay disciplined knowing that some of the names that aren't that aren't as well known will still get the job done productivity-wise. Again, we, we mentioned Justin Herbert earlier, and he did enough to, you know, do his thing as far as offensive player of the year, uh, rookie of the year, things like that. So there's quarterbacks out there. You got your Kyler Murrays of the world. You got your Russell Wilsons. There's so many starting quarterbacks that have product get productivity and is going to get you 35 to 45 points consistently depending on the league that you're in or whatever like that so if you're in a one quarterback league i say you got to stick to round four or seven and stay disciplined but when you're in the two quarterback leagues you got to play i mean at the end of the day you always got to play how the draft is going Mm -hmm. but you got to pay attention more or less when you have the two quarterback league um to kind of what's what's getting off the board fast. I, I definitely agree. I wanted to uh, resist the, as you mentioned, the knee-jerk reaction to, oh, everybody else is taking a bunch of quarterbacks. We had quarterbacks going off the board in the first round, uh, which was a bit much to me, and I was like, no, I'm not doing it. It wasn't until around the third round that I realized, hold up, these cats are really taking these quarterbacks. And I was like, okay. At that point, like you said, based on the necessity of it, I had to take a quarterback in my third round with my third round pick simply because in a two quarterback league, like you mentioned, it is essential to have at least one of the guys there. And, and, you know, and somebody else is a, is a quality second quarterback. And then you still have to think about your bench as well. With many of the instances in certain circumstances, I've looked at the rosters. There are going to be people who are going to need to be on the waiver wire weekly to see what the matchups are to possibly get a second quarterback who's going to be able to contribute because they waited until it was way too late, and now they don't have that uh, that strength at the quarterback position. So, uh, Trey, I would definitely say probably, as he mentioned, fourth round in a regular one quarterback, uh, but definitely pay attention to what the flow of that quarterback draft may be. Uh, with regards to the second part of your quarterback, who should you shoot for? 
Um, I think you can't go wrong with getting Patrick Mahomes if you're able to get him, especially if you've used the strategy that many of us use with uh, running backs, running backs early, wide receivers, and then maybe the quarterback around fourth to seventh round, depending upon what the flow of your draft is. If you're able to get the Patrick Mahomes or, of course, your Tom Brady's or even the uh, Aaron Rodgers of the world, I think you would be good to have. In, 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 in that instance, many of those big names are going to be good fits for you. Anybody you think he should kind of shoot for? I mean, the same, right? <laughs> uh, I think Russell Wilson is always a safe choice. Aaron Rodgers is a safe choice. These are guys that are going to get high numbers with low turnovers. Um, and then you've got, of course, your younger crop, the Josh Allen's of the world, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes of the world. Um, Lamar Jackson is still a quality, quality quarterback. Facts. We're going to see what Daniel Jones does this year. So, you know. Even Kyler Murray. Absolutely. So there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of productivity there at quarterback position. So it's not a need to go ahead and try to snatch it up so early where you can get some other pieces that you'll need down the line or that you'll be wishing that you had when they're not available. Especially in that one quarterback league, bro. Even when the quarterbacks start flying early, you can take that opportunity and get some quality wide receivers who are going to be producers. And then when you come in the back end of it, there's going to be your Ryan Talon Hills, who a lot of people may not be going for, or depending upon what types of fans you have in your league, having your league, the big bins of the world will still be available back in that area too. So while everybody else is running to get these quarterbacks, that's when you can start getting these quality tight ends, some some really serviceable wide receivers, and have depth on your uh, on your bench and in on your team, and still get some really good quality solid quarterback play. So don't go too early on the quarterbacks. And definitely stock up early. Go ahead. What that does is that adds value Precisely. or um, assets for you as far as whenever you're looking to trade, depending on the type of league you're in. If people are communicating like that and you're looking to put trade bait out there, now you have strong, strong weapons at skill player positions that you could put out there to, to try to get you a quality quarterback if you, if you really need it. I'm glad you mentioned that. In one of my other fantasy leagues, um, I'm just, it's just nasty how good my team is. Um, I was able to draft Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, and Matthew Stafford. And then early on, it's funny, B-E-Z from the DJ Blaze Radio Show podcast hit me up and was like, yo, man, when I heard they released Cam, I went and I got your boy, Mac Jones. <laughs> and he didn't, he didn't have Cam, but he saw an opportunity to be aggressive on the waiver wire and pick up what was now a starting quarter starting quarterback level player. Um, and so naturally I did the exact same thing. And in another league, I was able to go and get Mac Jones. And so now I've got four high quality quarterbacks with Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Matthew Stafford and Mac Jones on my team. And I don't intend to keep all of them, but I now have that trade fodder to be able to upgrade my tight end position. Because at the end of it all, I've got Kyle Pitts on that team as my starting court, starting tight end, but I don't have another one on my bench. So I'm more than willy, willing to even for, as opposed to what would be a, a higher trade value, Mac Jones head-to-head for a quality starting quarterback isn't typically a good trade value on my team, but when it's a position of excess, I can have it to, to give away with and still come out with a really good quality tight end. And I think that's exactly what I intend to do. So 
I am excited for the season upcoming, man. This fantasy is going to be like that. We're, we're going to have some individual one-off interviews, but we're also likely going to have just a war room for the entire league. So if you are excited, make sure you hit us up, hit the Carolina Sports Talk line, or hit us on social media. Uh, as the individuals throughout the league come on, we will make sure to share their social medias with you guys as well to keep up with us throughout the season. So at this point, we are going to switch over to big deal, no thing. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. We drop some of the biggest headlines in sports and tell you whether or not it's a big deal or no thing. We're going to start with DJ Highstar on the Deshaun Watson being included on the Texans roster. I don't know if it's a big deal if he's the Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson is included as a member of the Texans final 53-man roster. Big deal or no thing? No thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. Now, I'm going to peek behind the scenes for the listeners. Uh, in a previous take of this, I said it was uh, no thing, but I've had to go back and change my answer. So I'm going to say that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Why do you say it's no thing, bro? Uh, I think the organization as a whole, they're going to, um, I feel like they're going to use uh, Deshaun regardless as a, as a trading piece um, sometime throughout the year and kind of hold it over his head as their piece of leverage, I think. Toward the end of last season, they made him feel like he had the, all the leverage. And they're going to, um, again, they're going to hold it over his head to show him that they have all the leverage in that situation. Here's why I changed my answer. Partly was because I heard you say that. Um, and because of the reasoning that you just said, I think it's a big deal because it gives them the flexibility to do exactly what you said. Uh, last season, with him demanding and requiring that trade, had these uh, accusations and allegations not come out, he would not have been a member of the Houston Texans right now. So he held them over a barrel for so long that now they have that power. In order for them to wield that power, they had to include him on their roster this year because they could have put him on the uh, commissioner's non-exempt list and just not allowed him to play this year until they figured out what they wanted to do. But to hold it over his head that they could uh, they could play him, they could bench him, they could cut him, they could trade him. All of those were necessary and had in order for any of those to happen, he had to be on the roster. So that's why I say it was a big deal. As we move forward, Max Kellerman being removed from ESPN first take. Is that a big deal or no thing? Big deal. That's a big deal. I agree. Big deal. That's a big deal. Why you say so, bro? Uh, I mean, just all of the implications and story and PR that comes with it. Uh, I think that, you know, with ESPN, their highest paid employee, you know, he's become attached to that brand. Speaking of Stephen A, I'm speaking of. Mm -hmm. But uh, and I, I feel like this doesn't help his individual brand with a situation like this happening. It definitely does take a, a a kink or out of the armor of Max Kellerman. But at the end of the day, he seemed to be the 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 bottom butting end of the most of those pundits' jokes, most of their shots, and everything else. There was never really a great fit uh, like uh, with him and Stephen A. Like there was with. Stephen A. and uh, Skip, there wasn't the good fit like there was even with Max and uh, what's the Clippers fan name? Uh, Brown alum, uh, Marcellus Wiley. There wasn't even the, the, the chemistry between them. So uh, it is what it is. I, I am not looking forward to hearing more Stephen A. Because at the, this point in his career, 
he's a talking head. He is he just as he says bloviates. It's, I'm not excited about it. I probably won't watch much more of uh, First Take after Max leaves anyway. So I do think it's a big deal taking him away. It's definitely going to change the feel and the flow of that program. Speaking of the changes of programs, uh, ESPN has removed Rachel Nichols from all ESPN NBA programming and have canceled her show, The Jump. Big deal or not a thing? Uh, Big deal. That's a big deal. Why you say so? Just because of the argument that we had a couple months ago. (laughs) And for the listeners, what was the argument, bro? (laughs) It was about, you know, her, her comments with Maria Taylor uh-huh. and, um, you know, I felt like she had needed to feel a heavier hand of, of justice, if you will, in that, in that situation. I think it's a big deal simply because she bucked against ESPN. I don't have a problem with what she said about Maria or even what she said about ESPN. I think this is them really flexing their hand, knowing that, the issue that they had before still persists. Uh, Maria Taylor has since disconnected herself with the network and signed a deal with CBS Sports. Uh, and even with putting Malika Andrews in the jump, who has been hosting it over the last several weeks since they first took uh, Rachel off of the show, uh, Maria, not Maria, uh, Malika has been do- has been hosting and doing a good job. I don't think they had to cancel the jump. But I think this was definitely a, a firm hand shown from ESPN to say, yeah, you're not going to be able to talk about us and just, you know, get away with it or just let it be water under the bridge. I think they waved their hand strong and it does definitely signal the second exit of Miss Rachel Nichols from ESPN. As we move forward with Big Deal No Thing, Rajon Rondo expected to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers. Big Deal or No Thing? It's No Thing, man. Nah, that ain't no thing. You being a hater is... That's a big deal. Bro, why is that not a big deal, bro? I didn't say it's not a big deal. I said it's no thing. Why is that no no thing, thing, bro? Why is that no thing, bro? It's nothing. It is a big deal. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) Because, first of all, (laughs) the, (laughs) the Lakers are trying to do what they did with the old Gary Payton, Carl Malone era. (laughs) And, and put <laughs> mama, hey, you want a championship? Come over here. Come over here. You know what? And you know. You know what? I gotta no. Every year, whenever you do something like that, that the um, whenever you do something like that, that everybody, everybody puts the target on you as public enemy number one, and any everybody is gunning for you night in and night out, and it doesn't sustain. At least not for the first year. So let's stop acting like this is some magic that's going on in L.A. It's no thing. (laughs) Are you done? I'm finished. You know what? I got to give you a sound right now, bro. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that on us. Dog, it is just hurtful that you would even bring any recollection of that season and that collection of talent that failed so miserably. This is not that, bro. Uh, Rondo has a lot left in his tank. And honestly, if anything, it really feels like he just left to go ahead and get that 15 mil real quick from the Clippers to watch them boy lose 
to come on back to us and be like, yo, my bad, bro. Let me get this little three million and let's go in this championship. The missing pieces that we had last year from him and Dwight Howard and so many other role players have now been filled by him and Dwight Howard and so many other role players uh, of higher level quality uh, positions, man. And it is a huge, big deal, pause for the Lakers. And it's just putting us that much closer to our another 18th championship. <laughs> well, one thing that you don't mention is every year, that goes by and like, okay, they, they leave and they come back and a little family reunion. Oh, this is cute. There's another year of drafted talent that's hungry and coming. Pause. But there's another year of fresh, young drafted talent that's gonna that's gonna give you issues. As we move forward with our last topic in big deal, no thing. Uh, LeBron James has an innate ability to post on Instagram and it instantly become a story no matter what he says. Uh, people been eating tacos on Tuesdays for 100,000 years and here he come with Taco Tuesday and then all of a sudden it's a thing. But LeBron right. has posted on his Instagram with a quote saying, man, watching Hard Knocks, incredible show, man. Every time I watch it, I wish we had that as well. Just for pr training camp slash preseason too, so fire and it has like a million fire emojis. So is it a big deal or no thing that LeBron James wants an NBA style Hard Knocks program? Big deal. That's a big deal. I unfortunately have to agree. That's a big deal. Why would why do you say it's a big deal? Uh, with LeBron's influence, simply. Um, and then also with him and Kevin Durant being in the media space like they are, mm -hmm. they're going to shop something where HBO is going to, you know, even if it's not HBO picking it up, there's enough different nuances with what he's saying where they can make a version of that and not be branded hard knocks and, um, and still garner as much, you know what I'm saying, attention and stuff that hard knocks does. And like he said, I mean, it's just it's, it, at, at the end of the day, it boils down. It comes down to his influence. I wholeheartedly agree um, for the very same similar reasons uh, with LeBron James says it, then it's automatically a thing. And just him bringing the attention to it. I, I, I see some hungry money, hungry executives putting something together just for the sake of saying, let's go get this bread and it becoming a thing and then just blowing up from there. So it's not something that I would watch, I, but I honestly, frankly, don't watch the hard knocks for the football. Um, I care more about the, I don't want to say I don't care about the stories surrounding the teams and, 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 the, and the underlying reasons on why certain things are, but I'm very much more attracted and uh, attentive to the field play and the things going on on the field. So uh, if LeBron wanted, apparently they're going to have it. So we'll keep an eye out for it and see what happens with basketball, hardball or round ball or hard knocks round ball style. I don't know. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you like that brainstorming off the top just now? No, I don't, bro. Not hard, boy. What is that? Pause. <laughs> what are we doing? You know what? What we're doing is closing <laughs> out the show. I want to give a special thanks to my co-host today, DJ Highstar, for being on. Uh, Highstar, you got anything you want to highlight to people, bro? Um, And listen, I'll be in Georgetown this weekend for a private event. So if you're out there, don't look for me. But I'll give y'all an update next week. <laughs> it's going to be a great time. 
but it's a private event. I'm gonna have fun. <laughs> Y'all just can't come. <laughs> if you are in the George, if you're in the Georgetown area and you want to take DJ Highstar out for a drink or want him to meet you out for a drink, you know what? Or just even want to say hey, get an autograph, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net, and I'll make sure I'll give him your GPS location of where y'all are. Patriot Patty, it's been awesome having you on board again. Uh, you got anything you want to highlight to people? Of course, of course. First of all, thank you guys for tuning in to Carolina Sports Talk. Make sure you follow your girl on Instagram. My Instagram name is Call Her Kita. It's K-A-L-L-H-E-R-K-I-D-A-A-A-H. Follow me, I'll follow you back. Be safe. So that's four of them things and that's five of them things. Which one? That's four of them things. Four of them things. Put some respect on her name. For sure, y'all. Make sure y'all hit her up. Well, it's been real again. It's your man, Big Cliff. Again, this has been Carolina Sports Talk. You've been listening on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. Hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net or on the Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk, at Carolina Sports Talk on Facebook. Until the next time, hey.